And welcome to another episode of the Shadow Initiative TV. You are with myself, paranormal author and ghost hunter Rick Hale. And as always, with the man with all the collectibles, paranormal author, paranormal investigator, Stephen Lancaster, the man with all the toys. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? Chicks dig it. Uh, I'm sure they don't. Um, you know, speaking of chicks not digging it, um, I just wanted to throw out to our fan base some recent statistics. Yes. Uh, Rick and I have been, uh, you know, we watch the analytics. We look at these numbers to see where we can improve to make a better show for you. And I, there, there are some statistics and analytics uh, that we're very happy with, like, Miss Ann Massey's interview. She just cracked a thousand views. She absolutely killed it with her show. I, I was, but and, and you know what? I was so happy with her, with with her, hers being our first guest. I, I don't even have the words. Yeah, and, and I mean, she's she's our highest ranking shadow right now. So let's yeah. give it up for Ann Massey. I was, I think I speak for Rick too. I was a little disheartened to find out that 80% of our fan base is male. Yeah. Now, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and oh, inter obviously. interesting enough, um, it's from the 25-year-old to 34-year-old age bracket. So that means we're hitting that younger generation that's watching the douchebags on TV. You we're know? pulling in the millennials. Now, I'm confused about as to why we only have like a 20% female audience. Because, I mean, let's face it, guys, look at me and Rick. You know, yeah, it's, know right? it, it's almost like look at this. mid this is yeah mid forties perfection mid forties balding guys that are happily married aren't attractive. Is is that what's being said? Right. Here? I mean, does, do me and Rick <laughs> got to turn it on a little bit for y'all? Because we can do that. We can do that. Oh God, please, Stephen, just do not <laughs> remove your shirt. I, okay, no, not this episode. We got we got to build up so the hype much for that. Lab. And in the past two weeks, we have gained 288 new subscribers to the channel. Nice. So that is purely thanks to this show. Because, I mean, I just randomly post a video, you know, for the Lost Toys or, or, you know, some kind of music video every once in a while. But Shadow Initiative is what's consistent, and that's bringing in the people. So thank you, guys. Yeah, I just want to, you know, for, for myself personally, I just want to say thank you to everybody who... Uh, tunes in to look at our ugly mugs every Friday night. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes. That's why we call you the Shadows. You are part of the initiative. Exactly. It's not a cult yet. Yet. Um, yet. If we invite you, if we invite you all to a church and offer you a drink, don't take it. Um, hey. So we would Rick, like to preach to you the good news of the gospel of the Shadow Initiative. Yes. Reverend Lancaster, I like the sound of that. I'm thinking about getting or, or ordained online just to say that. Well, I, you know what? I, I can because I am actually a uh, Dudist priest. Judas priest? I am Dudist. I am registered in the church of the of the dude. So right. I can actually I can actually do weddings if anybody's interested. So there you guys go. You could have book us now. Shadow yeah. Initiative, Paranormal TV, hosting your wedding. We'll stream it live. <laughs> Steven will bring his toys. Yes. 
And, and I want to clarify, these are vintage toys and antiquities and relics, okay? He plays with them. The way Rick says it makes it sound lame, all right? Hey, I, hey, I, I collect vintage 1960s and 70s uh, hard comic books. Playboys don't count. No, they don't. Uh, so anyway, Rick, we've got a stellar show lined up for episode 12. We've made it to 12. What yeah, do we got? Without, well, we have got some amazing stuff for everybody to listen to today. We have got um, Mothman. I, everybody loves Mothman. But the thing is, is like what people don't realize is Mothman just wasn't seen in 1966 in Point Pleasant. There is an entire history behind that of winged creatures. And what's even more interesting is, is in recent years, Mothman, or what people have say is Mothman, has actually been seen here over the skies of Chicago, Illinois. Really? Yeah, which is actually kind of scary because anytime Mothman has ever shown up, he has been a harbinger of doom. So I do not know what's going to happen to my beloved Chicago, Illinois. And to go into more of Chicago, we're going to be talking about the horror of the mummy's ghost. Yes. At Field Museum in Ghostwatch. Now, I the Field Museum is one of my absolute favorite places, and you're going to find out why when we do Ghostwatch later on. Yes. The Screaming Mummy. And no, I'm not talking mummy. about your mom when she stepped on a Lego when we were kids. <laughs> but there, but there, there is another um, issue that we're going to be speaking about, and it is one that is very concerning because it is another punch in the eye to paranormal land. Um, you know, Stephen, you want to preview that for everyone? Uh, well, I, I haven't really assigned a name for the segment. Um, you know, Rick and I aren't really one to do the Paranormal Awards. But mm. if there was a Paranormal Douchebag of the Year award, we would be giving it to this guy. Because when you guys hear this story, you're going to feel the same way we do. This is unethical, immoral. The guy is a fucking piece of shit. So we're going to bring you guys the facts on what this guy has done on YouTube within the past few days. And it's still happening. Did some research on the guy, and you're not going to be happy with what you're about to hear. And we are also showing a shadow entity. A chateau? We're not showing a chateau. chateau, not a place where you would live. Well, actually, a the chateau castle? was seen outside a chateau. Okay. Say that five times without fucking it up. Anyway. Yeah, I saw. You know, I saw the video, and um, it, it's pretty impressive. And I think other people are going to be impressed when they see it as well. And I'm sure you have questions, and you guys out there in Shadow Paranormal TV Land will also have questions. But I'm going to answer them all before you even have the chance to say, but, but, I that. And I'll be like, nah, I already got you covered. So we've got that coming up. Like Rick said, Ghost Watch, Creature of the Week. We're going to talk Mothman. I think me and Rick might have an argument about Mothman. Who knows? We'll see. Mm -hmm. So guys, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take you to this shadow entity that was caught on film. Actual film. And I'll talk about why. And then I'm going to explain the circumstances as to why I truly believe that to have been a shadow entity. So, stick around, guys. Rick Hale, Stephen Lancaster, you're watching episode 12 of Shadow Initiative, Paranormal Television. Please stand by. You always got to throw your last two cents in there. You can't just let me have the final I word. I love having my last word. <laughs> it's kind of a thing in my family. All right, guys, we'll be right back.
Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.com. Welcome back, guys, to episode 12 of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with author and ghost hunter Rick Hale. This guy, phenomenologist, paranormal researcher, paranormal investigator, author, personality, vintage toy collector, collector of antiquities. Um, most people love him. A lot of people hate him. What else? Anything else? Phenomena. Phenomenology. Do, 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 do. The 20% that brings in our female demographic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, welcome back. We are about Double to show you some fantastic footage um, that I'm very proud of. You guys have heard me say uh, many times on this show that I can count on one hand of the stuff that I've captured on actual film um, that I truly believe to have been paranormal phenomena. Now, you may, you may be saying to yourself, actual film? What is that? Well, when I first started researching, when I would record, I would use only film. And the main reason was because film could be analyzed. If there was some kind of question as to the authenticity of what I had captured, I could take it to experts and have them analyze that film. Digital footage, not so much. That's a lot easier to manipulate and a lot harder to... to detect manipulation um, so this is on film and I still have the hard copy of it as well to set this up my colleague and I were working a case in 2008 or 2009 uh, we just referred to it as the Rumsfield case and this woman had contacted us um, her neighbors her family we talked to them they believed what she was seeing was a peeping Tom it was just this elderly lady that lived by herself some creepy dude sneaking around that's constantly looking in the bathroom window. Okay. I guess everybody's got their fetish. I don't know about you, Rick. I'm not too keen on looking in on an 87-year-old woman naked. No, certainly not me. That's for sure. Uh, anyway. So, but she believed that this was a shadow entity being brought forth by rare gemstones that she had in her house. Now, I'll have to see if I can find the pictures of the display cases after display cases. Rick, it looked like uh, museum pieces. Like, you know, the display mm -hmm. cases, the, the glass ones with the lighting. She had all right. these rare stones. When, she, when her husband was alive, they traveled to Papua New Guinea a lot. Mm -hmm. And she had, like, a blue tiger eye, which is very, very hard to find. But she believed that there was something with these stones that was causing the paranormal activity. So which, my, you know, is, which, which happens. Right, you know? it's possible. It happens a lot more often than you think. Yeah, look at Temple of Doom. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, my colleague and I decided to take the case, and what you're going to see in the video is just a fragment of how many nights we were there, um, how, how long we investigated, but we're talking about this particular piece. So, obviously, setting up in the bathroom, and this is going to look weird to you on the screen, you're going to be like, why are the cameras angled the way they are? 
this bathroom is very small okay and I could get a camera on the one end to kind of pan across uh, horizontally but I could not get a shot of that window because there was nothing on this wall to put the camera on at that mm -hmm. time I didn't have things where I could suction cup a camera to to a wall and I wasn't gonna screw one into her wall so what I had done there was a big mirror on this wall over here on the adjacent to it was a shell shelving unit you know for her toiletries and stuff so I put the camera on that aimed into the mirror which got the window so that's why it looks like a funky camera angle um, to speed this up a little bit uh, my colleague was hanging out in the bathroom because that's where this thing had been seen I was three stories up in the attic and the full video I'll show you here in a minute so you can see me in the attic you see my colleague downstairs three levels down when him and I would investigate we would always put a level between us so we weren't contaminating each other's evidence uh, you know with sounds and stuff like that so we have radios everything to jump forward here he's looking out the window well he's not really looking out the window. he's kind of coming towards the window and now that you know this ahead of time this thing is literally standing right there looking in at him and when he finally gets to this point and makes eye contact with it he has some choice words shoots out of the bathroom when you come out of that bathroom you're immediately into uh, the dining area there's a sliding glass door he flies that thing open runs out to where the shadow was seen and then you can see my colleague with his flashlight looking into the bathroom you can see the fence behind him the reason I mentioned the fence and how he got out to where he was is that is an enclosed patio Rick with a six mm -hmm. foot sense uh, six foot fence there's no yeah. way in or out there's no door back there so and I'm saying that to rule out the people that are gonna say well this was just a dude well if it was a dude he was an Olympian because at the time he shot out of frame you know when when my colleagues saw him he would have had to get to that fence climb that fence get over it because you're certainly not going to jump over a six-foot fence all in the amount of time that my buddy shot out of that bathroom and immediately outside so with the shadow going this way he would have met up with him mm. I guess is the point I'm getting at if it was a living breathing made of flesh person uh, right. so guys take a look at the video and as, as I, we're getting Rick's take on this um, I'll throw up some pictures and stuff like that but take a look at this video of how it actually happened and then we'll come back and uh, get Rick's opinion you guys put your opinion in the chat all right so I'm in Miss Margaret's bathroom right now just kind of poking around on some EMF readings Stephen in Margaret Rumsfield's attic uh, it's approximately 1.30, 1.35 in the morning Everything's been kind of standard in here so far. A lot of point twos, point threes, a little point ones. Everything's pretty much been normal. Been sitting up here for a little bit trying to uh, experience what she hears at night. She claims it's every night. Looking at about point five. Too much in here. There's a lot of crawl space up in there. 
Oh, that's interesting. 0 0.7. 60. 65 degrees. 55 degrees. Might just let this set up here all night. It's a digital recorder. 2.1. Oh, holy shit! buddy I'll be right there you sure you saw something yeah man it spooked the shit out of me I was just standing right here you know I, I can barely see out there because the lights reflecting in and and next thing I knew this figure shoots that way I run this, out there this camera so it's probably this camera over here then right okay so right. we need to we need to get that one we need to grab this camera and, and look at that I want to see it all right that's crazy, man. Let's grab that video. Let's look at this and, um... Okay. Let's, look, let's get the video. All right. 2.1... Oh, holy shit! All right, you guys just checked out the video of what actually happened when we caught that shadow entity on film. Rick, you've seen this. I think you've yes. seen it in the past, as a matter of fact. Um, I've seen it actually a few times, yeah. But you and I have never really talked about it, so yeah. now that you kind of know the layout, guys, I'm putting pictures on the screen to, to better describe how this area was laid out. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I definitely don't think it is like a regular shadow because obvious moves in an opposite direction of where your, you know, where your colleague is standing. Mm -hmm. And obviously nobody that I know of can leap over a six foot fence. That's just not possible. So it's like, we're, we're left with, is this something that is paranormal? Now, obviously I wasn't there. Right. So I can't really say, okay, yeah, this is a ghost or this is a shadow person. I personally, I believe that shadow shadow people as you know as they're called it just ghosts that are unable to manifest completely i don't know what your thoughts are on that but watching this video and knowing the story behind it and everything that is involved i would have to say that that is definitely something real that was caught I, and i i wouldn't rule out cryptid either i mean there's nothing saying because that becomes a little more believable as far as something being able to leap a fence if it was something from the cryptozoological realm, you know, that, yeah, maybe it could just hop a fence like nothing or, you know, just throw itself over it, fly. I don't know. So, okay, so you mentioned something in the in the cryptid world. Is Are there um, eyewitness testimony or have people seen anything that they would call cryptid in that area? Not really. Uh, this isn't okay, far from... Okay, I would rule that out. Yeah, this isn't far from a beach. Um 
And, and what's weird, you know, and I'll, I'll keep the pictures up here, guys, and the video I'll kind of keep on a loop. Because if you really watch it, like where I'm zooming in in the cuts that I sent you, Rick, and the, the cuts I'm showing mm -hmm. you guys, it looks as it, when it kind of just goes like that and darts out of the way, um, yeah. it, it, it looks like there's hair that kind of just c comes out. Hair or it's some a, kind of trail or something. It's a ghost of an 80s metal guy. Right? With the long hair? Could be. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Oh, jeez. That's your professional... Is that your final answer? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> my, my final answer is, is that I, I definitely think that this is something that is... Um, truly unexplained am i willing to say it's a ghost am i willing to say it's a shadow person no but i am willing to say that it's definitely something that is of yet unexplained okay well with that being said before we close this segment and i apologize ahead of time i should have done a little re little more research because this was so long ago guys this was like 12 13 years ago um this particular clip when i originally posted it caught the attention of the south georgia paranormal society and okay. one of their lead investigators, I believe his name was Paul, and I apologize, Paul. Um, it's been a long time, brother. Um, he asked if he could come up and work with us on this case. And because he, he was more into the, the shadow entities, and that, that was kind of his personal level of study, you know. You know how we kind of got our own thing, you know, you know that we really yeah. focus on. And uh, he came up. He drove all the way up from Georgia to South Carolina, where this was at. And uh, we met with him in our office, because back in that day, we were big time. We actually had a pit crew Monster Vision TV office. And I uh, sat him down and, and let him watch. And I have that video available, guys. And right after this segment, I'm going to play the video so you can see another, not just Rick's opinion, but a, another guy who specializes in shadow people, shadow entities. And, and he came all the way from Georgia to sit down and analyze our video straight from the film. Um, which you don't see a lot. You don't see a lot of that on the TV shows. And uh, you guys can hear what, what Paul thought about it. Uh, and maybe on a later date, I'll, I'll uh, talk to him about posting videos of him and actually investigating there. But I know I can, I can show this one. So you guys, we're going to take a break. You check out this video of Paul from the South Georgia Paranormal Society. Examining this video and his thoughts on it. Compare it to mine. Compare it to Rick's. Give us your thoughts. When we come back, Rick is taking the wheel of the Creature of the Week. So you guys, stick around. Yes, I, I am a skeptic. Uh, my crew obviously is not. Um, and it's interesting to, to see and to look into something like this and to try to get an understanding of it. But I can honestly tell you that from what I'm seeing now, although I personally haven't seen it, it's interesting to to see other people's views on this and to uh, get an understanding. Well, we value your opinion because we always want skeptics to come in and take a look at some of our evidence, uh, give, give us their own opinion. Right. Uh, you know, give us what they see that we may be missing. All right, well, we're about to show Paul right now is the uh, Shadow Man clip from the Rumsfeld House Part 3. And this is where I'm in the uh, bathroom to Mrs. Rumfield's house, and I'm staring out the window, and the next thing I know, there's something looking back at me. I go to outside to investigate what it is, and we find nothing out there whatsoever. So now we're going to show Paul this, get his opinion on it, his take on it, and see what he has to say. 
Let's see what's going on here. This is I'm down in the bathroom, Steve's up in the attic, and we have a camera, we have three cameras stationed in this mm -hmm. in this bathroom here, and there's one right here where where you can see where it's looking at me, and then another camera here, and another camera behind me. Where we happen to catch this thing is actually when we're got the camera pointing right into the mirror, because you can see here we're not on the mirror part. Right. Oh, holy shit. See it move? It looked like it was doing this, and then, right. Well, it was like peeking around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Watching what you were doing, and when you moved. Yeah, so finally when my eyes focused in right. on what I was seeing in front of me, <laughs> it, it saw me looking at it, and it took off. Yeah, you spooked it. Actually, it worked both ways. Yeah. <laughs> And with that shadow being there, whoever it was or whatever it was, moved very, very quickly right. to get the heck out of there. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll rewind that one more time. All right, as you can see here, you can see me, and I'm moving, and that thing's not moving. And I well, clearly see it, yeah. and it takes off. Now, when I come running outside, you're going to see me, right? You're going to see me. You're going to see all my details in my face. Yeah, see, I see your face, I can see your arm here, of course your flashlight. Right, you can see the colors in me, but you could not see anything. No, no, that, that was. one, it was just, it was nothing, it was just an outline, that's all it was. Okay, it's, there it is right there, I can see it. And it takes off. Yeah, hunkered, it did that and then ran. Yes, it did. I mean, it wasn't just... And even look at it, you can see the outline there, and it's... So it looks kind of like a female to me. It looks like it looks like it looks like a woman yeah. wearing a, a, a thick wig. It's it kind be. of a, you know that's kind of what I'm. Well, see, one there. of my one of my theories on it is maybe it was a peeping tom. But see, we've also had uh, numerous uh, accounts where people are seeing this thing outside their houses along the edge line in these woods. They're seeing this thing in the woods. This exact same where thing. Where their houses are. Their houses are right up against the woods and they're right. seeing this thing. But then again, you know, there's part of me that says it's possible it could be a peeping tom. True. That's if that was a little bit different though. That was if that was a peeping tom, that was a transparent peeping tom. That's true. Because you can almost see through it there. I mean it, it was just like <laughs> Right, exactly. Alright, so any other final thoughts there? Uh, I believe you have something rather credible there, uh, a little eerie. Right. It's, yeah. it's got me thinking, you know, I'm glad I wasn't standing there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it, it scared the mess out of me when I first saw it. But I was also, you know, very intrigued to get out there as quick as possible to see what it is. Oh, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, you can see an outline here. You can see it's looking at you right now. But you can see where I'm looking that way, and all of a sudden I'm looking this way, and there's something right there. Right. Right. Appreciate being here on behalf of the SGPA team. Check us out on www.sgpaonline.com. Thank you so much for visiting us. So, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shadow Initiative TV, episode 12 with Stephen and Rick. You just saw some really fantastic footage of a shadow creature and a uh, you know a professional and expert opinion on it um but we are going to change it up a little bit right now we're going to be going with the creature of the week and it is a creature that everybody loves and is really plays into the history of the eastern seaboard of the united states of course we're going to be talking about moth man
don't know about you, Stephen, but I love the story of the Mothman. Oh, it's it's an interesting story, and you know the Mothman prophecies, uh, which is very very loosely based uh, on right. the alleged happenings concerning Mothman. I, I love that movie. Uh, yeah, Mothman. I do too. Mothman's intriguing, and and especially considering a lot of the things that you're gonna say. Right now, the thing about Mothman is, is Mothman isn't just something that appeared um, a little over 50 years ago in in West Virginia. This is a creature that has been with us throughout history. You know, we're going all the way back to uh, Babylon, Sumer, and Mesopotamia. Um, there were monstrous beings back then with wings. That is very important to their mythology. The Anzu and the Apkulu were not only monstrous creatures, but were also godlike creatures. And they were, they were held responsible for things like storms and disease and great calamities. And we go over to Japan, which has the Tenju. And uh, they were lived in the forests and mountains of Japan. And everybody did their best to stay away because they were considered dangerous. Now, coming into modern times. Not only do we have the Mothman sightings in 1966, but we also have an interesting uh, story that comes to us from uh, Vietnam. And this is from 1969, and I'm just gonna read what it is that I have written here, because I can't really do it justice in just explaining it. So I have it written here, this is written by myself. In August 1969, a platoon of American soldiers in Vietnam reportedly came into contact with a winged creature that resembled a woman. They described the entity as having the shape of a woman with long stringy hair that flowed over two great bat-like wings. They further described the entity as giving off a sickly green glow and a sense of doom. Whatever this creature was appeared to be merely curious of the soldiers and nothing more. This is one of those stories that come that came out of Vietnam that you don't really hear a lot about but there are other cryptids that people, uh, the rock monkeys, for example, in, uh, that were also witnessed as well, people seem to think that those were um, uh, related somehow to Bigfoot. But it gets even more interesting here because recently here in the state of Illinois, where I am, in Chicago, there have been eyewitness accounts of the Mothman. There have been several since 2011, and people have been reported this bizarre bat-winged being with a human head, red glowing eyes, and just giving off a feeling of absolute dread and malevolence. Like, I'm going to let you see me, but stay away or I'm going to kill you. So the first known encounter that we know happened in September of 2011. Uh, a couple of girls in their apartment were getting ready to go out. All of a sudden, one of the girls screamed, and when her friend came back into the room, she said that she had seen this um, horrific creature peering at her through the window, and she saw the reflection of it in her mirror. So we have another one. We have one where four to five people in a park near the University of Illinois at Chicago reported a man with wings hovering 10 to 15 feet over their heads. The bizarre entity flew away for a few minutes after being seen. The eyewitnesses described it as being six to eight feet tall with large black wings and eyes that burned a brilliant red. So again, we have another um, consistent 
uh, description of what people have been calling Mothman over the almost for almost sixty years now. Now, the one that I find interesting is is that Chicago has a huge Mexican American population, um, as well as Puerto Rican population, and some of these people have claimed that this creature is the lechuza, and the lechuza is a giant bird that eats people. One day while some people were out in the front of their house and, and they were just, you know, enjoying each other's company and having a good time, all of a sudden they see this huge lechuza, or what they call the lechuza, flying overhead. They immediately took their kids back inside because they're like, this thing is going to swoop down and take our kids away, which is something that the lechuza was known for doing. And again, had giant black wings, red eyes, and gave off a feeling of malevolence. I mean, these are consistent sightings of this creature going back four or 5,000 years. I mean, Stephen, you know, what is your take on the Mothman? Do you think that this is a cryptid? Do you think it is a evil entity of some kind or maybe an alien? I have heard all of those things. I've read all of those theories. Oh, this could take a while because, you know, going back through history, yeah, there could have could have been things like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at how many different variations there are of Sasquatch. You right. Know, the Tennessee Skunk Ape, Yeti, you know, all that stuff. Um, the same could be said. I wouldn't call um, something that was seen in Russia in the 1800s Mothman. There okay. are similar cryptids. There are, there are similar... Um, demons you know there's just different characters vampires there are so many different characters in folklore and mythology um that this stuff could be um and when Mm -hmm. you're looking at time periods we have to look at time periods as to how they're going to refer to it our time period the 21st century here we're going to refer to it as mothman because that's how we know it Um, right you know mothman and here's a little piece of trivia for you do you know how mothman got his name uh, yes, I do. Actually, it was from an episode of Bat of the 1960s oh. Batman. Oh, I thought I had you on that because they had a character. You did not. They had a character called the Killer Moth. But but anyway. Right. Right. Now the big scenario in, in the late 60s in 66, um, where Mothman was allegedly seen. I I, I kind of hate always looking back on these old historical events. Because you, you've got to consider how people thought about things back then compared to our knowledge of things now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like I've always said with the Salem witch trials. You know, they thought the best way to prove if a woman was a witch or not was to throw her in a body of water. If she drowned, she wasn't a witch. That, that was the mentality of people. You know, know, back to the Civil War, when we thought it was a genius idea to stand in a straight line with a rifle that only had one shot and aim at another straight line with rifles that only had one. That was a genius idea, not hide behind anything, you know. Mm -hmm. This was the mentality of people. In the 60s, the mentality was different than it is now. Now, I look at that particular incident in 1966. You had two couples that were driving along. Most, and considering the area they were in, which was kind of known as a party area, they were probably drunk. Okay? Okay. And Fair they enough. claimed to have seen this Mothman creature. It, they weren't calling it Mothman, but, you know, this winged creature with glowing red eyes. 
Now, I, if you consider that they were probably a little tipsy, you know, it's late at night. The part that throws me off is their headlights supposedly hit this creature and they're seeing red eyes. The lights would have kind of washed that color out. Um, they, yeah. it, would, it would have made them reflective, but it would have washed that color out. Um, and, of course, you heard the theories it could have been a, a, a crane, which would have that same kind of the sandhill crane, that same kind of wingspan. You know, it, that's an actual living creature that it could have possibly been. Now, Steve, if I can interject, I, I have also heard, and this was quite possibly the most ludicrous explanation for this, that this was a uh, giant penguin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely my favorite explanation. I've Johnny heard dozens Pickens. from it. It could have been an owl carrying mm -hmm. a mouse. It's like, well, why does it got to be carrying a mouse? They didn't say anything about a mouse, you know. I've right. heard the extraterrestrial stuff, you know, and, and then the parts of the story where this this creature is around just before uh, some kind of devastation, before something tragic happens. Like yeah. the the incident in Russia, people claim to have seen a creature like this. Then there were all these explosions. Uh, the the uh, Silver Bridge in '67, they claim to have seen Mothman before this bridge collapsed and killed 46 people. But it was later determined that the bridge was the design of it. It was built incorrectly. They had found the faults. The reason it, it had more weight on it than it should have. You know, there was an actual plausible reason as to why this bridge collapsed. Well, I don't think that the Mothman actually caused the collapse. If anything, he was, you know, like you said, he was a he was an omen, a harbinger of doom. He was appearing to let people know that something horrible was going to happen. I don't think he actually right, caused but, it. Right, but see, it's that that theory. Then let's go with that. That you could literally attribute to anything. You could tie it to mm -hmm. anything. Okay, let's sure. say every Friday you and me do this show. Every Friday, somewhere, something bad is happening. And it would be so easy to say, you know, every every Friday when Stephen and Rick do Shadow Initiative, bad shit happens. Of course it does. Every time I fart, something bad happens somewhere. You know, I, it's a butterfly effect. It's it's just you could you could do that all day long with everything. You right. Know? Absolutely. But. I don't know. I want to believe, you know, I'm going to maltor this one. I, you know, I want to believe that Mothman is real, but considering where where we stand now with technology and and, and uh, our knowledge uh, of things, it's much, much different than the 60s. And, and mm -hmm. I would think we would have more. I mean, look at what we've got of Bigfoot in how long. We still don't have anything really credible that, that you can look at and, and say, well, yeah, but it could still be a hoax. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's, I can't even be on the fence with Mothman. I just, I just don't think there's any excuse as to why we don't have something about him right now. No, you know, I, I absolutely agree. But, but the, I, I think, you know, one of the theories concerning Mothman is, is that he is an alien being. Okay. There is that, or that he's some kind of interdimensional being that can come and go at will. There, there are any number of bizarre explanations as to what this could be, but I still think people were seeing something that they couldn't quite explain. But, you know, again, that goes back to what we were talking about with Bigfoot, that nobody's going to be happy that this thing exists until a body is laying out on the slab being cut into by 
you know, scientists or even the military, for example. So until then, it's you can't really prove that it exists. But again, it's one of those. It's as of yet unexplained. Well, you know, before this segment, the last thing I'll say is now I do believe that beings uh, can be elusive. I mean, mm -hmm. you or me right now could hit power on, on this show and disappear for the rest of our lives and nobody would ever find us, if we truly wanted to. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We could be elusive, never have another photograph taken of us, never be seen on video, go out in some woods somewhere and live. You know, be legendary. We, you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah, so, of course. But with that being said, to say the same thing about Sasquatch or Mothman... We've got to give some credit there, or at least the possibility that they have intelligence similar to ours. Mm -hmm. Comprehension similar to ours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or even maybe intelligence greater than ours. We just really don't know for sure. And like I said, we're not going to know until one is laying out on a slab and, you know, being shown to the entire world. Exactly. Well, with that being said, Rick, let's take a quick break. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us for episode 12 of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. When we come back, we're going to talk about a very disheartening, disgusting incident that has happened recently in the paranormal world. And we want to get your thoughts on this. What do you think? It's going to be a very uh, controversial thing here, but we believe you guys need to hear about it. So stick around. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. And welcome back to episode 12 of the Shadow Initiative with Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. So, Stephen, we have previewed this for people, and it is something that is uh, um, scandalized the paranormal or scandalized paranormal land, and it has all been brought about because somebody found human remains and did nothing for the first three minutes of finding it. So I don't like, you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily going to call this person like, you know, things like douchebag and, and skull effort and, and, and that kind of thing. I'm going to leave that to you because oh. your opinions are so much stronger than mine, except for this. Okay. So if you've never actually heard of this, so this happened on YouTube fairly recently. It was with a uh, YouTubers, Danny and Felicity Duffy. Um, out of England, and they have a channel called Exploring with Danny. Um, usually it's one of those conducting paranormal investigations as well as doing um, urbexing or um, urban exploration. 
which is something I would I've always wanted to do because there's no shortage of places around where I lived was urban explanation. So they were exploring an area um, around Bolton, Greater Manchester in the United Kingdom. And while they were looking around, they came upon something that was, in a word, disturbing. They found a human skull. Now, maybe it's because I watch too many cop shows, which is, you know, one of my favorite forms of entertainment is cop shows. Right. So it's like you you always watch this and you think you think to yourself, it's like, oh, my God, that person just disturbed a crime scene. Right. And now the the killer is going to go free. But this has actually happened in real life over in England. This this guy actually he picks it up and says, and I quote, this is as real as it gets. He says this while holding the skull in his hand. And he also finds a green army style jacket, says this is 100 percent real. This is someone's head. I'm not joking around right now. So his wife shoots in and she's like, she tells her husband, Danny, hey, put it back. You shouldn't have moved it. Obviously, don't touch human remains. That's something that everybody should be taught from a very early age. Now, did they call the police right away, Stephen? Is that rhetorical? No, that's an actual <laughs> question. No, did, did they call the police right away? No. No, they waited three whole minutes while they held this skull, while they tramped around the what could potentially be a crime scene. Finally, they call the police. The police come out and they're like, you know, hey, this is quite possibly the worst thing that you could have done. And one of the police officers asks, actually asks him, why would you pick it up? You could clearly tell it's a skull without touching it. Now, I do have a thought about this, that this was a, um, this, now considering the fact that what it was found with, it was found with an army style jacket, that this could possibly have been uh, the remains of a World War II soldier. That is a possibility of what, the, of what that could have been. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if this is a 70 or 80 year old remains, this could still be somebody's grandfather, somebody's mother, somebody's child, husband, wife, friend, pal, whatever that has been missing. And, and they have been and there are there are missing reports of people very recently in that location. So you're right. very correct. That could be one of these people that they're looking for. Right. And if this is a person that was brutally murdered by you know some lunatic, some maniac nobody will ever know now because they pick this human skull up, show it to the camera and then do nothing for three minutes. So I, I think that this is, this, this is another one of those things. This is another black eye to paranormal land. And, um, I, I, I it, it, this circles back to what you and I try to press quite a bit on this show is ethics, honesty, integrity, and professionalism. And none of those four things were found no. in this instance. And, and here's the thing. Um, before I even get to the, the skull part, um, the show's called Exploring with Danny. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can't say too much about Felicity because, you know, she was kind of playing the ethical card. 
uh, from what yeah. I've seen in the video. Um, but Exploring with Danny is now the name of the show. It used to be Exploring with Felicity. Then it used to be Exploring with Danny and his brother. Okay, so the name's been changed. He's been doing this for a while. So I decided to do some research on him in general before coming to my conclusion on this video. When you go through all the multiple Facebook pages for the different variations of this show, you find a lot of people calling him out. Uh, you know, calling, yeah. calling him a bad actor. It's all staged. It's all a hoax. This isn't his first time of pulling a stunt like this, Rick. Okay. There, there's a video with him and his brother where they supposedly found a dead body. Oh, so this, so he, so he has a history of finding. He dead has bodies. a history of this. Another video, another video in an allegedly haunted location where he mysteriously gets blood on his hands. Okay, so what you're seeing here, guys, it, the the people that follow him are the same people that watch Zach Baggins. Okay. Yeah. This guy is staging things because he wants to be famous. He wants YouTube fame. He wants to be famous, and he has zero respect for anybody. He will step on anybody's neck to get there from what I've read. And he's not too bright in the head either. I'm not going to call the guy a douchebag or a skull fucker or anything like that. I am just going to say he's very unethical, unprofessional, and his motive is pure fame and money. And he's not all there. He's not all there. On one of his Facebook pages, and before I even say what I'm going to say after I quote him, I want to see how you take this. Would an intelligent person word it this way? On his Facebook page, shocking news, just in, the skull we discovered is 100% a deceased person. <laughs> you fucking no think? Shit. <laughs> Did you think there was a chance it was 100% living? So that's this guy's mentality. He's, he's obviously, there's mental issues there. Okay, he, he's obviously um, narcissistic. He's obviously staging this stuff because of the history of it, and he doesn't care. Here are quotes from him, okay? On the video we're talking about, guys, where he... First, he started it on TikTok as a little short thing to draw people to his YouTube to up the hits, up the revenue he's going to make. You know, it's all about the dollar in the end, okay? People are calling him out, just like we are, for being disrespectful, unprofessional. It's something I didn't even think about because, you know, I don't know what's going on across the pond, but... A lot of people saying, dude, we're under lockdown. You're not even supposed to be out in public. So when yeah. you start watching all of his videos, he is trespassing on all these abandoned places, all this stuff with no permission, while he's supposed to be on lockdown for the sake of humanity over there. But no, all he cares about is his YouTube. So all these people calling him out about what he did with that skull, like you were saying, dude, you, you messed up a crime scene. You should have instantly seen it called the police, backed away. Instead, you turned it into the you show, which mm -hmm. is exactly what he did, okay? His responses to these people were, shut up, get over yourself. You see my name? We only bring real stuff to YouTube. Fuck you all. And my personal favorite, who cares? Everyone dies. So yeah, you who, guys can who, call who this... Who cares? Yeah. Who cares is the person that's missing their loved one exactly exactly he's completely immoral zero professionalism zero respect for research history laws humanity like i said they're on lockdown due to covid they're not even supposed to be traveling anywhere this guy does not care okay yeah 
so he, he's the guy that jumps on every bandwagon. When you start going down his videos, when Randonautica, that video, the app you and I were talking about before, the Randonautica app that's supposedly taking people to these scary situations and murders and all this stuff. Oh, he magically has a video where Randonautica does. You know, so he's that guy. He is literally yeah. that guy, the poser that's doing. He he is the definition of clickbait, and he's just <laughs> a he's just an awful human being. Now my thoughts. This is wait, this wait, is, wait, wait a second. Now your thoughts. <laughs> this this is how this is going to end. And there's there there are a few endings to this miserable, pathetic story. Okay, one because we've known of his history now of faking all this stuff and finding dead bodies and having blood mysteriously on his hands. All this made-up shit. Okay, we're going to find out that this motherfucker either dug this skull up from somewhere, okay, and planted it there, out in the That's middle That's morally reprehensible. At, at, you know, to, to discover it, okay, we're going to find that out. Because if we don't hear anything else from the police, this was a hoax. Because this story should continue. Mm. This story should continue because they're gonna de they're gonna test that skull and find out who it is. They're mm -hmm. gonna match it to a missing person if this is true. Okay, so this story will keep going. If if it just goes under the radar completely, it's all bullshit, which is kind of what I'm leaning to because I'd really hate to think this guy actually dug something up to plan it. Okay, mm -hmm. and I highly doubt he had six grand to order an actual human skull. Maybe he does. I don't know. You can buy them, you know, for research purposes. But it's either going to end up a hoax, which is what I'm leaning towards, or it's going to be okay. worse. It's going to be a hoax in which he dug somebody up to get that skull. Because just to oh. be sitting there perfectly out in the middle of the woods, it was so set up, man. It was just nothing disturbed that thing all this time. I mean, yeah. come on. You know, no matter what happened, it's the whole idea of it is a complete lack of any kind of moral compass, any kind of integrity, any and especially any kind of professionalism. And it's really sad, too, because the United Kingdom has such a such a long and proud history of, you know, getting to the bottom of paranormal mysteries and it's really sad to, sad to see that the influence from our country has kind of infected mm -hmm. this long and proud history of, um, of paranormal research and investigation and parapsychology. I agree, man. I agree. And, and it's in his, you know, I'm kind of disappointed with YouTube that this video hasn't been taken down. You know, because there again. Yeah, it's still there. There again, that's actual evidence if this is real. Now, what, what... What law enforcement group would allow that to be put on YouTube, dude? This this is the real world, guys. Don't buy this Danny's guy bullshit. And that's yeah. all it is. It's it's bullshit. One way or another, in the end, it's gonna be bullshit. Yeah. So you know, I think that in or I think to wrap it up, I believe that the moral of the story here is, don't touch human remains, kids. <laughs> Especially if you find them out in the woods, and just don't leave it alone. Believe everything you see on the internet, right? And, and just if it's on the internet, it must and be if true. If you learned anything from this segment, guys, just remember: the skull that he found was verified to be a one hundred percent deceased person. Yep.
Totally Don't dead. forget that. Don't forget not that. Like, not like in The Princess Bride, only partly dead. Yeah. No, 100% <laughs> dead. Oh, my God. I read that. I was like, this guy, this, I can't even, I couldn't even wrap my head around it, man. I was, yeah. Wow. Well, with that being said, that was a great segment. It was awesome. Check this guy out, Exploring with Danny. See what your thoughts are. I threw some pictures up throughout so you guys could see, because who knows, this video will probably be taken down. Not ours, his. Um, I hope so, anyway, for the sake of YouTube, because uh, it's just wrong, like Rick said. But when we come back, we've got a very cool ghost watch, one I'm looking forward to. I can't believe I just said that. Um, I, I yeah, it's usually are either eating chick, uh, uh, cr uh, crispy chicken strips, or you know you're acting like you're falling asleep. But we all know, Stephen, it's not acting. Love, you love Ghostwatch. <laughs> it's not acting. You you hey, unlike Danny, where people are calling him a bad actor, you've never heard anybody say that about me. They've said a lot of other things, but it's never. You know, Lancaster's a bad actor. No, it's nothing but real. Right. Not yep, yep. He is he is truly bored. So, speaking of boring, Rick is going to be taking us to a museum. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh Yes, I love museums. So guys, <laughs> stick around. Ghost Watch is on its way. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. Chicago, Illinois is known as a world-class city with no shortage of things to do. People come downtown, or the Loop as we call it, for various reasons. Some come to see the city's legendary skyline that really comes to life once the sun goes down. Or perhaps the very best in cuisine and entertainment and what brings them here. And of course, maybe you just want to hang out. Whenever I'm downtown, there is one place that always grabs my attention and that is the Field Museum of Natural History. When I visit the field, I could spend hours getting lost in its many exhibits. The museum has everything from a Native American settlement to the fossilized bones of once fearsome dinosaurs. However, the exhibit that really captures my imagination is the Egyptian exhibit. Two reasons keep me coming back. I am thoroughly fascinated by this advanced ancient culture and, as you may have guessed, the exhibit is haunted. First, a little history. The Field Museum of Natural History and its impressive collection of artifacts originated at the 1893 World's Columbian Exposition. At the close of the fair, Edward Eyre feared the museum's artifacts would be damaged or lost. He made it his personal mission to protect and preserve man's ancient past. With a passionate plea, Ayer managed to convince wealthy merchant and de department store tycoon Marshall Field to fund the museum. Field agreed, and on September 16, 1893, the museum was incorporated into the city of Chicago 
and was called the Columbian Museum of Chicago. In 1905, the museum's name was changed to the Field Museum of Natural History in honor of its gener generous benefactor, Marshall Field. Almost two decades later, the museum's exhibits began to outgrow the museum at its original location in Jackson Park. The museum was moved to its present location along the scenic Lake Michigan shore. The Field Museum, Shedd Aquarium, and Adler Planetarium now make up Chicago's beautiful Lakefront Museum campus. For decades, the Field Museum was offered a glimpse into the culture of ancient Egypt with its popular Inside Ancient Egypt exhibit. Here, you can learn about mummification, Egyptian religious rites, and the dynasties and periods of its history. My interests lay in one mummy, horror. A mummy that is known to be more lively than it should actually be. Before the museum came into possession of horror, it was a relatively quiet place and certainly no talk of ghosts. That all changed with the arrival of this mummy. If you ever speak to any of the night guards, they may tell you the Egyptian exhibit can be a frightening place at night. Shortly after the arrival of horror, the silence of the museum was shattered when what sounded like a gunshot rang out through the museum. When security investigated the Egyptian exhibit, they found Hara's sarcophagus had somehow launched itself across the room. The guards put it back in its display and just dismissed it as those things that, well, just happens. They were not prepared for what came next. After that night, the activity in the Egyptian exhibit progressed to a frightening level. Screams and moans emanated from the exhibit, and horror was observed moving. Of course, all this activity centered around this mummy, making people think that maybe the myth of a mummy's curse wasn't really a myth after all. One former employee reported a frightening experience when she was leaving late one night. According to her, she witnessed the apparition of a figure in ancient Egyptian clothing walking down the hall. When she called out to tell the person the museum was closed, the figure turned the corner and vanished. She reported the incident to security, but they were just as mystified as she was. In recent years, Har has been quiet with not even so much as a moan. Perhaps the mummy's ghost is dormant, or he has finally made his way to Duat, the Egyptian underworld, where he awaits his next life. This has been Ghost Watch, and I'm Rick Hale. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching this episode, episode 12 of the Shadow Initiative TV. Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale, thank you so much, Stephen, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks.